The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Just to let you know, I started meditating at two. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think we need to rewrite that. Um, well, first of all, I want to uh, let you know that this is what we call Buddha's full moon. Um, it's the full moon in May and uh, allegedly, according to mythology and legend and um, some orthodox believers, this is the full moon on which he was enlightened. And um, so we call it, it's spelled Visak. Some people say Visak. So happy Visak to all of you. And um, doesn't IMC usually have a Vesak Vesak celebration? Yeah, sometimes on Sunday. I, I don't know. I didn't see one. I see. That will keep them from getting, you know, too old to celebrate every other year. Um, it's always been one of my favorite full moons anyway, and um, because it's just nice to reflect on the possibility of... Um, Enlightenment or freedom from suffering is, I think, a, um, a way I like to think about it. It's, it was interesting sitting with you all tonight. I've, I actually had one of the uh, nuns from um, Amravati, the uh, monastery in north of London from the Ajahn Chah tradition, staying with me. I live in Denver, Colorado, and so she was there just about a week ago before I came, and there for a week, and I took her around to various different places so that she could teach, and um, we did a lot of sitting and so in these new places. And as you may know, when you you notice, I notice this often, so I'm sure other people do, that when you're sitting in a place that you're not used to, uh, you get to experience a little bit more of what we call beginner's mind. You know, the mind doesn't go into the same habits necessarily, there are new sounds, right? new stimuli around. And one of the goals of meditation, of course, is to develop awareness, or perhaps we should say the goal of meditation is to develop awareness, um, to really develop awareness for what's happening in the present moment. And it was interesting to observe, both when I was in these new places in the last couple of weeks and then tonight, how the mind, because in this uh, new environment, one can really see, and I really saw, that as the sounds arise, awareness knows the sound, I recognize the sound, and then, rather than just being with the sound in the present moment, I heard the train, my immediate thought was, it takes a lot to laugh and it takes a train to cry, which is a, a lyric from a song from the 60s by Bob Dylan, which immediately reminded me of New York City, where I thought of the fabulous pizza that they have <laughs> on 2nd Street. And then I remembered my friend who I'd always get pizza with and I wondered where he was now. And it was so interesting to watch the... Um, so, so I had the awareness to watch the mind go with this thought stream that, was, that came about because 
of listening to the stimulating to the stimuli to the to the perception of a train and of course that's what happens when we sit to meditate isn't it whether it's listening or body sensations or thoughts moving in our head um, often rather than being able to just be with them and observe them with awareness we're gone right we take off so i just wanted to share that with you because i think that um when when it, when you can when one can it's a great way to practice becoming aware of going off um having those fantasies of the future which can be good or bad um and the memories of the past which can be good or bad there's nothing wrong with either except that they take us away from what's happening now so actually what i wanted to talk about tonight um is uh, generosity. And I wanted to talk about it from uh, a perspective that's been very interesting to me lately, kind of something I've been reflecting on a lot. Um, And that is the mind state of generosity. If you've been practicing for a while in this tradition or with Gil or um, perhaps in any Buddhist tradition, you're probably familiar with the term dana. Dana meaning generosity, and generally comes to mean or is um, translated to mean generosity of material items. Um, so in uh, antiquity, when the historical Buddha was living with the monastics, and even today with the monastics, we practice generosity by giving food. If any of you were here when Tan Jeff was here or any of the monastics, you know that we offer food to them because um, that's how they're, how they're fed. Or the generosity that's given to have this wonderful center, which is um, the envy of many of us who live far away and have, don't have centers. Um, and the retreat center, the, you know, that kind of generosity, the material, the donations... Uh, the volunteering of oneself for different activities, the giving of goods, um, all of those are generosity, of course. And that's a a generosity um, that we can practice some more affluently than others. Um, But it's an important practice. People... um, teach that, we we read that from the Buddhist teachings, that the Buddha taught, first and foremost, before he taught meditation, he taught generosity. And I think sometimes we think of that, or I think of that, as being, um, people think of the first foundation of mindfulness. First foundation of mindfulness is the foundation of the body, um, using uh, the body um, for mindfulness practice. Sometimes people think of that as being primary, as an ele- elementary. But of course, everything we know is of our body. Uh, it's not elementary at all. It's uh, the basics of everything. Uh, even listening to the sounds, as I was talking about, um, being aware of what arises was the foundation of mindfulness of the body. So likewise, um, generosity although it might be the first thing he taught, it wasn't elementary. 
Um, it's not something that you move behind. And particularly in the generosity that I want to talk about tonight, which is from the Pali word chaga. Uh, so this is different than dana. Dana means the material giving. And chaga actually um, is about the mind state that creates a field of generosity. Chaga is um, <clears throat> what we want to cultivate so that when we sit down to meditate, our hearts can be open to insights. Chaga is the softening of the heart. It's often translated as um, benevolence or liberality. It um, also is translated as a heart bent on giving. And I've been thinking a lot lately that really it is the whole of practice, that the whole of practice in many ways is this chaga. Sometimes people come to um, Buddhism or or Buddhist practice or spiritual practice or whatever you want to call (laughs) what we do. Um, Different people call it different things. Um, And they think that really it's all about, just about meditating. And meditation is important. It's absolutely true. I've been doing it for 40 years after all. (laughs) Since I was two. Um, And sometimes meditation comes easily. And sometimes it doesn't come easily. Has anybody ever experienced the times when it doesn't come easily? Um, never. Um, and I think it's important to, to keep in mind that while we want to continue to um, practice meditation, even when it doesn't come easily, that there's many different ways of practicing many different ways to cultivate um, what the Buddha uh, taught us to cultivate. The Buddha, of course, the teachings um, do no harm, cultivate the good and purify the mind. The basics of Buddhist teaching um, from the Dhammapada do no harm, cultivate the good and purify the mind. And Chaga... Uh, this practice, this um, important um, development or cultivation of the heart bent on giving is uh, such an important state of mind. It creates this rich soil for our meditation, for our interactions with other people. It really is ultimately um, where we develop loving-kindness, the kind of non-attachment that allows us to be gentle with ourselves, with each other, with the world. When we develop this chaga, this liberality, this openness of heart, you might say, um, our mind becomes lighter. We don't take things as seriously. We're not so... Um, quick to anger or reactive.
I think that um, sometimes we think of of giving or dana or donation or whatever is is kind of a means to an end, um, and it is important. The Buddha teaches that it's a very important, um, intimately tied to karma, um, to cause and effect. Chaga, on the other hand, um, is doesn't necessarily have an end. It's an ongoing. Uh, development. In other words, it's it's something that increases over time, and not only does it increase um, and open us to insights in our meditation, but insights in our meditation then lead us uh, to the development of chaga, to this heart bent on giving, to this open heartedness. Uh, the Buddha taught. Um, in the Diga Janu Sutta, which apparently means tiger paw, which I, I really like that, um, that there are four conditions of spiritual progress for lay practitioners. The accomplishment of faith, sada sampada, it's the Pali. The accomplishment of virtue, sila sampada. The accomplishment of liberality, or this heart bent on giving, chaga sampada, and the accomplishment of wisdom, panya sampada. I think it's important to reflect on that, that it's this cultivating this, this heart, this open heart, is um, one of the conditions of our spiritual progress. Generosity, we know, is one of the uh, the paramis, um, the list of ten different uh, qualities that we want to. It's one of the ten of the qualities that uh, we develop in our spiritual practice. But it's interesting that in this other list, um, it's one of four that uh, lays the groundwork or creates the conditions. I also think it's interesting, um, I'm trained as a classicist, so I, I love etymologies. And um, uh, I always tell my students at the university, um, they get to benefit from my love of etymologies, and of course they all roll their eyes. Um, but that the word uh, chaga, which is, uh, then comes uh, to the English, is benevolence. And benevolence, as we know, is... Uh, from the etymology of the Latin, means well-wishing. To wish well um, is the word uh, benevolence. Um, And liberality comes from the Latin word to be free, liber. Um, Generous is from the Latin to to be nobly born. And if you've read the... uh, the suttas in the Pali, you know that um, the Buddha often addresses his um, followers, especially the monastics, as noble, the noble ones. So I think it's important to think about that as the um, as the nobly born, this this way that we're um, re- rebirthing ourselves regularly. A quote from Suzuki Roshi that I really like. Um, When you say yes 
you forget about yourself and are refreshed in some new self. Before the new self becomes an old self, you say another, yes. And I think that's, that's, uh, that can be the spirit of chaga, that if we're going to be birthing ourselves moment by moment, which according to um, the Dhamma, that's what we do, then we should be birthing ourselves in this, as uh, nobly born, as someone with a, a heart um, that is open, that wants to give. One of the reasons why this is important to me is because I sometimes find myself in this sense of feeling somewhat of dilemma. Um, I'm a very busy person, as I'm sure many of you are, uh, teaching, I'm on administration at the university, I um, have children and grandchildren that I had it to, and... Um, and I often, in spite of the fact that I really intend to have a very focused meditation every morning or every evening, I have to admit that sometimes it's less than focused. Um, in fact, sometimes it's rushed. In fact, sometimes I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing uh, as soon as I get in the car and go to work. And I keep bringing my mind back. I keep bringing my awareness back, and I keep doing that. And then I go to work, and while I'm commuting to Boulder, which is where I teach, my mind is rushing ahead, remembering the past, rushing ahead, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not really practicing. I'm really, I want to be mindful, but I'm not really being mindful in the way that I want to be. What can I do? And then I remember this chaga, this openness, this heart that um, that is bent on giving. And I think, where do I, where can, how can I do that right now? It's the first, it's the primary teaching of the Buddha, this generosity. What can I do right now, right this moment? And I think, I can open my heart to myself. Right now, I'm, I'm struggling. I, I don't want things to be the way they are. I want to be able to be focused calm. I want to be mindful. And instead, my mind is all over the place. That's the way it is right now. And I can just be open to that in a generous way, not in a judgmental way. I don't know if that comes across to you, but it uh, um, impacts my life profoundly to bring that kind of openness of heart to myself. Just, you know, and we can call it loving-kindness, and that's a practice unto itself. But this is more just a, as they, uh, I keep uh, loving this word, the heart bent. It's more just a, a tendency, just a kind of a bending, just a turning to that. Um, that generosity. Um, likewise with someone that's irritating me. It does happen from time to time at the university. And, you know, it's, uh, I see that over time, I can see that how, rather than be reactive or think ill or have um, ill will toward the person, instead the same chaga arises, the same feeling of wanting to be generous, 
not to be so judgmental, not to want them to be different than they are. I'd like it if they were, but they're not. This is how they are. Um, so, it's again, it's, it's this mind state that creates a field of generosity. Uh, a generosity that we can live in, that for me, I, I think of it as just creating this, um, this feeling around me, in me and around me, so that whatever is arising, it's an act of generosity to allow it to arise. To say, this is, this is the way things are right now. This is what's arising. And it's an act of generosity not to push it away not to grab hold of it. Just, here it is. This is what's arising. This is how the mind's reacting to it. This is what the heart feels. Can I be, can I be generous? Can I have a heart that's open? Can I create this, this field of generosity that just allows, allows things to arise? Sometimes the word chaga is related to the word renunciation. And I know that um, some people have hesitation about the word renunciation. How do we renunciate in our lives? How do we renounce? And I've been thinking about that a lot lately in terms of this. And what comes to me is really this, again, this a feeling of acceptance of what is, renouncing that need to push away or to change or to get angry, self-righteous, judgmental, um, cranky, uh, make things happen differently than they're arising in such a way that's going to create some sort of chaos or unhappiness to kind of go along with the way things are creating the conditions for things to be better, always. But creating the conditions for things to be better is not necessarily pushing them that way, forcing them, it's allowing them to be that way. And one allows things to be that way, or to be the way they are, out of generosity. One of the ways, one of the places I think about this a lot, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but it's in politics. (laughs) Politics. You know, it's uh, fairly heated right now. I don't know if any of you have noticed on the internet or... And it's, um, it's sometimes it's a place where we give ourselves permission to not practice this chaga this generosity of heart, um, where we really do want things to be different than they are. I really do. I really want, I want the entire government to focus on chaga. (laughs) What a different world. So I noticed that arising in me and I noticed my reactions to certain things that certain politicians say. 
and um, and I I try to notice that while my heart feels sometimes um, broken actually by some of the things that are going on, or um, there's this self righteousness or anger that arises, that I can bring I can cultivate this this field of open-heartedness for myself, acknowledging that this is painful, I don't want things to be this way, and to also remind myself that, you know, that this, the, you know, as cliche as it sounds, this is where, this is what I can control, right? This is it, this is what I can do. I can control what's happening here, um, or at least I can work on controlling it. I can focus on it. So before I end, and I'm going to end, and I'd like to end with, um, and then have some discussion or, or questions and answers, because I know that this is something that everybody um, deals with. I want to share this uh, verse from Hanshan, the ninth century um, poet from the the mountains of China. He was the, one of the hermit poets, the Buddhist Taoist combination. Has anybody seen uh, Amongst White Clouds? The um, I think that's the name of it. <clears throat> and it's about these these the contemporary um, Chinese Buddhist Taoist hermits. And I really recommend it if you get a chance. This is. Um, the verse, one of the verses from the, the, the volume, Cold Mountain, Hanshan is actually, he wrote this in the ninth century. Again, we don't know if he exists or not, but um, it's attributed to him. It may be a, a, a group of these hermit poets who remain anonymous. And it's in the book by, translated by um, Red Pine, if you've heard of him. I climbed the road to, I climbed the road to Cold Mountain, the road to cold mountain that never ends. The valleys are long and strewn with stones, the streams broad and banked with thick grass. Moss is slippery, though no rain has fallen. Pines sigh, but it isn't the wind. Who can break from the snares of this world and sit with me among the white clouds? So, questions, comments, discussion? Could you talk a little bit more about how you see generosity as being different from just acceptance? think it is. <laughs> well, I think um, generosity, of course, is, as we define it, uh, is the act of giving. And one of the things that uh, you read about generosity and the practice of generosity is that it's closely connected to gratitude. 
So I think that on the one hand there's the giving and on the other hand there's the receiving. And sometimes we receive things we want and sometimes we receive things we don't want. And I think that's where the acceptance comes in. As far as the giving and the generosity of giving, and this is really um, from the word dana, which is the, the generosity of giving the material goods. You know, the Buddha says there's three different kinds of giving. There's the giving of things that you don't really want anyway. You pack them up and you say, you know, here, they're yours, you can have these. There's the giving of things that you like, um, but you don't really, you know, uh, you can part with them. And they're necessary, um, they're useful, and that's a, that's a good way of giving, too. So you give what's useful. And then there's the highest or the best, or I don't remember what the, uh, what the adjective is there, but of giving. And that's when something is really, really precious to you, something that you, um, you really want yourself. And according to the uh, Buddhist teachings, that's the, that's the form of giving that creates the most merit, or we could say the conditions for happiness. I guess another way of, of uh, answering your question is to think about the whole reasons for um, developing generosity, both dana and chaga, and there's actually many words in the in the Pali language, um, which comes from Sanskrit uh, for uh, giving, because it was it's very important in Buddhism. The whole practice really is like all of Buddhism is to create happiness, it's to create happiness for ourselves and happiness for others to cultivate this field, this condition um, of happiness. So, I don't know if that goes in the direction of your question, but... Well, I I think maybe what I meant to ask was, much of what you talked about is is a practice of of giving to yourself, right? Like, you talked about how if you're distracted and you want to accept the way that things are today, you know, that's a form of giving. And to me, I, you know, it's hard for me to imagine giving things to myself except when I go buy myself something at a store. <laughs> and so I was wondering, I mean, are you sort of almost playing, you know, a mental trick on yourself by relabeling it this way when really you're trying to trick yourself in, into accepting things the way that they are? Or do you think that there is a really interesting different way of looking at it? For me, it feels different. There's acceptance. Um, and often the acceptance comes about when there's things I just can't change, you know, um, my hair was really awful before tonight, before when I came in. So I had to accept that the only thing I could do was to put this headband on. I know that's a really kind of weird example, but it's true. Um, it's kind of like going in to buy something for yourself. You know, it's, there wasn't anything I could do about it, so here we go. Um, that's really different for me than this feeling of generosity for myself and the way things are. Um, that I can give myself the space, the spaciousness for that to be. So in other words, um, there, there are ways in which I'd like to be different than I am. And um, 
and I just am the way I am. And you know, you can only you can work on yourself. You can do do all these things that we do, um, but then there's just the way we are. And for me, it feels it feels very different to this acceptance. But acceptance for me often means, okay, I'll change it later, or you know, this is the way things are. Generosity for me is much more of a heartfelt thing of. You know, that I can give this, I can give myself permission to let go of this. I can let go of being angry. It's not just with myself because it also happens with other people. I can let go. I can let go of getting angry. I can let go of, of that. And to me, it feels like an act of, of generosity. And that's why I said it, it feels like, in some ways, it's, it's the whole practice in and of itself is this kind of feeling of, of, cultivating this heart of goodwill. Thanks. Yeah. Some more. Yeah. Okay. What time do we end? Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, uh, one of the habits of mine that I work with pretty intrinsically, like all the time since I started meditating when I was two, um, is judgment. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I find that it's, um, if I look at it in the way that you talk about opening and closing, that it's it's not an opener of the heart. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a closing or a veil that, mm -hmm. that gets in. Um, and shuts down. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about judgment. So it, it's your judgment of yourself and of others, that kind of judgment? Well, it's a judgment of anything. You know, mm -hmm. it's a judgment of, you know, not noticing the train noise. is mm -hmm. just the train I noise, see. but it's good or bad, or mm -hmm. it's loud, or it's soft. Or I mean, it's so just... So it's judgment, in the, not, in the, not in the sense of discrimination, but in the sense of... Of evaluation, yeah, so, moving from mm -hmm. just labeling something mm -hmm, or naming mm -hmm. something and right. judging it. Yes. Well, it is um, part of the human predicament, isn't it? Um, that kind of judgment, and I think we've been uh, we're, we're we're very much enculturated to judge ourselves. Otherwise, how would a free market economy work? <laughs> we have to constantly improve, right? So. We're judging ourselves and we're judging others. Um, again, I, I, I think we all work with that. I certainly do. And there's a, a variety of ways to work with it. But in, in what I'm talking about tonight um, would be the, the acceptance that we were talking about, that opening of the heart. Again, it's, it's putting it, I, I guess the way I want to describe it is putting it in a bigger context. It's not my judgment. It's not your judgment. It's judgment, right? And everybody, is there anybody in here that doesn't experience judgment? We all experience it to some degree. Everybody, I mean, if you did, I'm sure, I don't know what town we're in, but if we went out there, I'm sure they all do that. And so if we, you know, if we could put... Put these feelings in the larger context of humanity, and and just open our. This is this is our predicament, and hold it in this feeling of this kind of generosity of heart. You know, this is we want it to be different. We want to be better people, 
We want to be bigger than we are. Right? These are our wants, these are our desires. They can, they're wholesome, but this is the way it is. Right? Mm-hmm. I think we have another minute and a half. I was just wondering, as you're speaking, um, could you substitute the word um, compassion for generosity, like self-compassion? Is that, is, that, is that similar to... Well, it's certainly part of it, isn't it? I mean, I think self-compassion is an act of generosity. Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think part of what, what um, brought me to this... I mean, we have the word karuna, right? That means compassion. This is a different word, this word chaga, which means this kind of opening of the heart, this, this, um, you know, this heart bent on giving. So we're giving um, from the heart, which I think right away, you're right, I mean, it, it really calls upon where does compassion come from? It comes from the heart. So I think it's something that we can give ourselves um, along with, you know, the spaciousness to accept the way things are and... Um, you know, the willingness to accept the things we don't like and others and ourselves in the world with an openness. So I would say that um, chaga, this, this giving of the heart, can be the giving of compassion. Okay, well, I think we're done. And I'd like to suggest that we, um, whatever goodness that arises from this evening together we can bring uh, into the larger world and uh, hopefully it creates conditions for more goodness. So thank you.